Hi Connectors, it's me Kelly and this is the second installment out of four for Dear Tito's, the essay version of the story of Aaron and I and what led us to where we are today. Thank you so much for your support, your emails, your text, your subscription to Connection Granted. You guys you're so motivating and the love has been just unbelievable. I just want to say thank you so much for all of you who've written to me, for all of you who have listened to my mom for being such a huge supporter. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all of you. We are overwhelmed with your love. I hope you enjoy it. I love your feedback. You can reach me on any social media platform for Connection Granted. You can also reach me at kelly at connectiongranted.com. Thank you guys. Keep coming back. Despite my parents' glowing report on their parenting skills, I grew up in a boundaryless, melancholy, and manic home. My brother and I were born to two wounded people who were deeply in love, and they managed to stay together for nearly 25 years. Despite divorcing 30 years ago, my parents maintain a kinship like those who do when you marry at a young age, and also from that generation. They have a bond, and they understand one another. Though it's hard to understand how my mom can even look at my dad for all the lies and affairs he had over the years. But my mom has her faults too, though they don't include being an adulterer or child abandonment. To use language that is more relatable in 2023, my parents were both emotionally immature and emotionally unavailable. I don't think my mom's needs have ever been met, and she'll happily let you know it. It's also fair to say I don't think my mom actually even knows what her real needs are. My dad, on the other hand, he got his needs met pretty much all over the place with anyone who was willing. But he was also the same guy who loved to talk about how important family was. My brother and I were reminded that our family was all we had. This was during the same talk where everyone in our generation can probably remember being told about family secrets. And whatever happens in our home, it's our business. As if, what, we were burying bodies on the weekend? We vowed to keep our family secrets as if the man in our basement with his head in a vice depended on it. So here I am, blogging, spilling it out for the world to see. Look at my growth. My dad, he suffers from extreme depression. He may be a narcissist, though I'm not qualified to make that diagnosis. I am simply a target of both his charisma and chaos for the last 47 years. His love and his hatred often revealed in the same sentence. I have to say, despite it all, I love both of them like crazy, and I have a million good memories. My dad, memories of him being a rational man. But for every rational talk he would dole out, I could bet my life there'd be a price to pay for it the next time he had a rage flare up. Mostly whenever he was triggered of his own self-hatred, there'd be a dispensed rage onto others. It's clear to see now 
But as a kid, it was so hard to survive emotionally in an environment like that. It's so hard to be a vulnerable adult who is willing to be intimate and receive love when you're raised with this type of parenting. To love him now as an adult is to understand and empathize with his internal torment. But boundaries are in place for survival. My boundaries act as a moat and are crucial crucial for survival in battle, which is what life is with a parent like that. My mom, mind you, was also a constant target of my father's abuse. She was also a victim of her own father's abuse, though she blames her mother for most of it. And though she has a warm exterior, as a mom, she has almost zero ability to connect with her own kids. To be honest, I think my mom has difficulty connecting at all because I don't think she likes to connect with herself. And her own upbringing led her to marry a man like my father, someone who was charismatic, as charismatic as they come. But he fed into all of her wounds, just as this perpetuates the cycle of abuse. The phrase she means well is what always comes to mind when I think about my mom, and I know that she does. But now as an adult, I struggle to consistently offer empathy for her pain mainly because she's taught me to be tough as nails, not only by her words, but by her actions. Her ability to not engage and over-engage all at the same time is like being on a roller coaster backwards. My mom suffered from she herself not being nurtured nearly at all as a child. And though she gave great love and it was light years better than what she had she felt it was plenty but here's the thing about that even as I sit here therapized and self-help to death it's clear to see that we can work hard on our growth but we can't easily undo what's been ingrained in us my gut response is to be defensive always. It's a clear sign of my childhood is something I work on every single minute. I work every single minute to not be defensive. That's one of a thousand things that take a conscious effort just to exist, just to survive in life, in marriage, in friendship, in a work atmosphere, in society, to be a neighbor, that in itself shows how much energy it takes just to exist, let alone what it must take to thrive. Look, as a side note, I don't mean to beat up on my parents. My love for them is so deep and they tolerate me being an active self-help guru. They act interested when I get a new level of certification in something or when I tell them about my Reiki practice. They understand that I am constantly working on myself and they claim to have little memory of the traumas I've spoken with them about. There are multiple sides to every story and they express theirs and they express it in the way that they vote, which is against my rights as a queer woman. But my father, he did vote for Biden after I begged him not to vote for Trump. 
That act alone nearly eviscerated my childhood trauma. It restored my faith in humanity. My heart grew a hundred sizes bigger for my dad and his willingness to dump Trump for me. But it was short-lived. He's now not speaking to me. You know, ever since the Ukraine and Russia went to war, and this is, of course, Biden's fault, and somehow you guessed it, mine as well. This is a glimpse into my life, and that includes my parents. A huge part of who I am is because of who they are. And that's how the cookie crumbles, as my grandma would say. We can translate that saying now into this is known as generational trauma. This is what generational trauma looks like. So here I am out in the world and searching for peace after my first marriage, which ended in me being a slimeball cheater after she cheated on me and the entire thing was a blueprint for exactly what not to do when you love someone. That felt eerily familiar to what love looked like my entire life. All right, lesson learned. This is what happens in life. You live, you learn, you fuck up. Life is lived one lesson at a time. Moving on, literally moved to another state to shed my skin, shed my shame, and start anew. Enter Aaron. Aaron was and is gorgeous. She had both confidence and shyness that came through in all her actions. She was humble, but sometimes seemed like an elitist because she was fancy. She always took me on dates to fancy restaurants. I didn't like fancy places, but I liked that she treated me like I should be in one. It made me feel special. She made me feel special, and I loved being in her world. I loved her almost immediately, and I loved how she saw my goodness and seemed to love me for it. She knew I was terrified but she was too. She may have been less acutely wounded when we met than I, but she was not without wounds. The more real life got, the more naked she got. The more naked, the more scars of who she was were revealed. She lived a life that was hard. Erin was the girl who made everyone laugh. Everyone. She was the girl who could open a beer with her lighter. She always had just enough money to pick up the check. She always could relate to what anyone was telling her. She was amazing. She was the person who had the exact reaction you wanted to every story you told. That's a gift. She felt it as you said it. And that was something like no other. That was a feeling like nothing I can explain. She had that kind of beauty that lit up a room, that kind of smile where it made everyone smile. She'd throw her head back to laugh. She was so much love bundled into this tightly wound package. She was my girl, and I couldn't even believe it, really. Then one day, there was this moment when the light caught her just in this right light, just this one second that I was able to see that her beauty was mosaic. She was held together tightly, like she had glued herself together time and time again. Scattered pieces on the ground picked up quickly in haste and shoved back into place. 
Some pieces, though, shoved in her pocket would need further work to put back into place. Some pieces missing, and she'd have to make do by stretching another part of herself to cover up the bare spots. She was a work of emotional art, a living, breathing exhibit of what life can do to a person. I could see her, and I never wanted to not see her ever again. I also knew what seeing her meant. She was exposed, and if she knew it, if she knew I saw her, she would hide, and she'd lather so much modge podge on herself to get that mosaic right that it would be a full-on shield mode for I'm not sure how long, maybe forever. I'd have to navigate carefully as this piece of art was so much more delicate than I'd even realized. In that moment, I knew I could fix her. And I knew that we'd be together forever, no matter what. Good timing or not, ready or not, here she was, here I was, here we go.